Juliana. And I'm Denise. And, And we, we are, are the Queens of Bila. You are listening to Bila's Talk, a seasonal podcast where we discuss the challenging journey to the tech world in Sweden. Today I have here Alexandra. Uh, she's known as Ivy. And Alexandra is the co-founder of Moonwise. And she has an amazing story to share with us today. Very inspiring. Please welcome Ivy and feel yourself home. Yay! Welcome! Thank you. Thank you both. Uh, thank you for inviting me and for this opportunity to share my story. And uh, as we discussed previously, maybe try and shed some light on someone else's uh, that they're at the beginning of this maybe same story uh, as we move here and start our new lives in the new country. Yes, I think it's going to be great. Can you please tell, tell us who you are? Uh, how did you end up here in Sweden? And tell us a little bit about your background as well. Yes, so I moved here to Sweden uh, almost five years ago with my family. Uh, my husband got a job offer to get a relocation to Sweden. Uh, and so that is in a very short time we decided that the, we are going to move to this country. Before that, I used to work for um, National Democratic Institute. That is an organization that works with uh, developing democracy um, in developing countries. Uh, and so I often joke that uh, I worked there for 10 years. I fixed the democracy done everything well there so then I moved here uh, and then who am I it's a, it's a hard question I think I've been wondering that all my life uh, going around that question I think this um, this move has been a very good opportunity to actually ask that question and to test a few of the answers so I had um, I had quite a few of uh, aha I'm this and I'm oh aha I'm not this <laughs> in this uh, in this time all of us are all of us <laughs> yeah I just about it to say the same yeah and then you said you said you are for, uh, from Macedonia right and uh, how was uh, uh, the kind of uh, shock that you had when you came to Sweden uh, I suppose it's like a uh, much colder here and darker How was that period for you when you came? <laughs> I think that actually the, that part I find it harder now than I found it then because I believe I have more time to think about it now. It was quite a shock. There were a few things that shocked me. First, I came in winter. Uh, the first time that I visited here, I visited in winter. And also the next year when I moved, I moved in winter. And, and both times were for Christmas. Uh, and, and right about that time, the air in Macedonia is so polluted that when I landed here and took a breath, just took a breath when I landed, and it was a breath of fresh air, I was like, okay, I can move here, I can live here. That was the first moment I knew that I could do that. Uh, so that was the first shock. Great. And then I know that there, there was um, complaints because for New Year's, because of the fireworks, uh, the these PM particles, they came about to 30, and that would be like the healthy uh, level that they would have here. And then when they come above 30, then people started complaining because for New Year's we had this um, this little pollution. And then I just came from a thousand and I was like, okay, I can live with 30, it's fine. <laughs> the other, the cultural shock, I kind of also expected it and I was preparing a little bit for it. So that wasn't that, uh, that strange because I expected some difference. I preferred the reserved uh, and the personal space uh, a little bit more than uh, what I had before. So I think that that part, I, I enjoyed that shock. And then, yes, the weather, I, 
it's still short. Now, <laughs> we're still now waiting and looking forward to spring and hopefully it will come soon. You had the opportunity to, to visit here before you move it. So it's a, a planned move or something that just come up and okay, it's a great opportunity. Let's go. Oh, well, it wasn't that planned before we decided to move. So as I said, uh, my husband, then boyfriend, he just uh, got this, uh, this offer from Truecaller to relocate to Sweden and to, to work here. And then we thought about it together and then we said, yeah, it's a good opportunity. But then he moved first. He moved immediately, like after two months. And then for me and my son, it took a while to actually... Um, decide and then to get all the approvals so there was a, a little of, of that bureaucracy at the beginning was a little bit uh, it took a little time so we moved a year after him uh, and that's why I, I had uh, opportunities to visit before I moved otherwise if I moved together with him we would have moved straight before even checking it out but uh, but actually he moved first and then while we are we were doing our own transfer we took it a little bit slowly then then i could visit first great and uh ivy can you tell us a little bit about like uh, what do you like to do your hobbies and uh, maybe a fun fact about you fun fact i'm a shaman <laughs> oh, the poison ivy your nickname i wanted to say it out loud <laughs> uh i think when we come to the end of how the story uh, came here how it developed in sweden and how i ended up where i am right now at the moment i am actually trying to merge it all but i really really enjoy writing uh, and writing poetry and writing blogs and writing everything i have just as, as i look to my right i have five open notebooks at the moment right next to me here Whoa. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so yeah so i guess that's that's the thing that i really really enjoy and uh, i bought myself ukulele a few months ago so i try sometimes to learn that and to do that i really enjoy arts i'm not very good i haven't practiced many arts before uh, i'm not very good at them but uh, where i am with my life right now i try to put all of that together for me to to be one person that incorporates this all and this is my work this is my life this is how i am all the time so i try to i, I try to leave my hobbies now uh, it doesn't always work but that's the intention great that's amazing to hear it's so good that you actually can uh, merge these things right and have like a personal and professional life all at once i think it's uh, it's amazing it's something that i i really like Uh, to do as well. I can relate. And also be a mom because mama it's a uh, 24 per 7 work days. Yeah. I just saw it. It, um, it was like an initiative on LinkedIn that they put um, stay at home mom as a job, uh, job description because it is actually the only one that there is no vacations, no work hours. There is nothing. It's three o'clock in the morning. I'm scared. I was dreaming or Yeah. Or I wasn't dreaming, I can't sleep or something. And then you need to deal with it. It's like, maybe you have the skills, maybe you haven't. Maybe you have the energy and willingness to do that. Maybe not, but then you still have to do it. So yeah, that, that is an interesting one. It's an interesting hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, I'm enjoy, enjoying while I can, right? I don't have kids, so <laughs> I'm still, I still enjoy while I can. Yeah. And uh, you said that you, you worked with uh, democracy and politics back home in Macedonia. Have you ever considered working with the same here in Sweden when you arrived here? Have you ever considered the politics side? I did. 
but that was more, I think, before I moved into the year of transit. I was trying to apply for some positions that would be similar to what I had. Um, and then when I moved here, I saw that people are not dealing with the same problems. Maybe that's why my CV was not that much, um, didn't cause that much response. And then I, I soon realized that without, uh, without being here, without speaking the language, without having the knowledge, first of all, of how things are here, it was, uh, it was hard. I didn't get anywhere. Like I was just sending applications as I didn't know how to do it. Later, I realized that even the format of my CV was completely wrong. And the way I sent the emails were almost completely, well, wrong. It wasn't wrong. It was the best I could, but I, I had a completely different perspective and I came from a completely different background that did just did not match the culture. And it was just seen through uh, because it didn't stand out in, in any preferred way. How the idea of uh, going to tech came? Can you share us a little bit about this? Because you said that you sent like a lot of CVs and uh, you perceived that was not actually what the market was interested, right? Exactly. And then was it like a straightforward decision to go to tech? It was. That's why I even said that I maybe didn't try so hard for this with this previous CVs because then afterwards I would probably sit for longer when I do the CV and I do the application. I didn't do that. I was just applying because I had this thought in the back of my mind. I knew that the IT market was growing and it's still growing here. Uh, and I knew that that is something that I have interest for. And... Um, I had this wish since I was a very, very little girl. The first thing that I did when we, when we finally bought a computer and we didn't buy it very early. So it was quite late. Almost everyone else had a computer when we bought one. The first thing that I did was I opened uh, to see what's, what's inside. That's what interested me. How can this give me all the results that I want? So it was I really had this interest, uh, more for hardware, uh, at the beginning, but then as technology developed, I also had this interest and this little flirt with software every every now and then. But then I thought that this is something that is reserved. First of all, I was told that it was reserved for the boys when I was younger. So I uh, I had that to, to stop me every time that I had this nasty thought in my head that I might do something with it. And then I had my own blocks on top of that, that I really thought that like this is for just for the smartest and the very few selected people. And then, and so that's why it was always like a mystery to me. I really wanted to, to see, like, can I do this? And so I even had this thought because my husband is a developer. So I thought that maybe I could also use his help while being around that maybe, uh, maybe I can use his help and his mentorship. How did that work? <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's going to laugh. I mean, did it work? Because I'm in the same situation and hearing my home, I'm not sure. Oh my God, he's listening. <laughs> Forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> And there was a try, certainly. Uh, it didn't work very well. It, it did work for some things. When we were discussing bigger concepts, but we were outside in the forest and walking and then just discussing bigger concepts, I, I loved it. And it, it really helped me learn and grasp some of the core concepts of, of computer science. But then when it came to tasks and to actually doing the actual coding and the, the mentoring of that, it, it didn't work very well. Um, and then like it was, it was very, we always ended up me either crying or not wanting to work anymore and then, and then going back to it by myself. So it's, yeah, 
You don't work very well. I completely agree with you. Uh, Here in my home is the same. If we needed to discuss some solutions, some ideas, it's great. It's amazing. But uh, when it's something really specific in in some tasks, then some attributes happens because I guess like you said uh, her, there is mm, a lot of emotional involved because our husbands have some expectations about us about our behavior about our performance and uh, we don't want to have that uh, we, I mean at least for me and I just want to help I just want someone that I can talk about it and explain something to me and almost never works at least for me did you have when when you were doing the self-study did you have any kind of guidance like did you want to go did you want to program was it something like did you want to code and what kind of language uh, you wanted to? Was it like front-end development, uh, back-end development? Did you know where you wanted to go? Actually, I wasn't quite sure. Uh, for me, just to learn development was was uh, the goal. I didn't have much, many more guy, uh, goals than that. So I just wanted to learn programming. Just at that moment before the new languages took over, I think Java was still the, the main uh, language or or it seemed to me like that. And I even took an, a little bit old courses because, uh, because they were free also. So I took these free courses and, and, and the reason also is because I wanted to learn programming. And this transition, when you come here, as we said, there is a lot of shocks. Uh, but then the biggest shock is when you come to a new place and then you are completely both financially and emotionally dependent. It is a weird and a very, very heavy feeling. And so Part of why I chose specifically these courses, uh, I took one, as I said, uh, the basics of development with Java, and then the other one was Android development with Java. Both, again, my husband uh, is an Android developer, so that was like uh, also natural, but then also that course was also free, and I still had some time. And so in all this dependency that I had, I at least I, I didn't pay for the courses. And I was like, yes, okay, this is what I'm going to study because those were the ones that were free. I used the bootcamp at Coteho is that the Software Development Academy from Novari Potential? Yes, yes, that is really? the one. Really? I did yes. the same last year. Okay, that's great. I have done it and a friend of mine did it before me. That is the one that also uh, didn't like her, her husband at the time of studying. Um, and then also I referred so many people to that academy. I think it was, um, I think it's uh, valuable and, uh, and it's and also, also again, free one and it's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's free. But there is a process uh, to enter, right? Uh, this, and it's not an easy process. I understand. No, no, it's not that easy, but it's uh, less competitive than salt at, at least. South it's another bootcamp that we have here in Sweden that in Stockholm at least I guess they have in, in Gothenburg also and it's free but uh, it's much more competitive than than Novari and how it goes for you the interviews after the bootcamp as, as you said there is a process to get in and as I already was taking these online courses so I was kind of preparing for that 
and I had a friend that was in the course before me. So uh, I kind of knew that there will be an interview, there will be assignments. So I was getting ready for that. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy uh, solving problems with Java. When you have a small problem, this is the issue, you fix it and that's it. And then after I got in, I... I started thinking about it, but what if I didn't get in? But it was a very nice, nice process. And then the studying itself was also, uh, it was interesting. After the boot camp, how long did it take for you to land a job? So how this, this uh, camp worked is that they actually also did interviews for, um, did, um, the recruitment for the um, members of, for the, for the students of the academy. But for some reason, while in the academy, nothing happened for me. I didn't even get one interview, but I didn't even want to. I think it's the same with uh, Denise, right? Uh, Denise got some interviews, but... Yeah, just after, but it's complicated. I mean, at least in my... In the moment that we are, the pandemic situation and everything was a bit more complicated than usual. But uh, how it goes for you after the academy? After the academy, I'm not sure how long it was, but I know I um, I actually got reminded of that. I found an old blog note uh, yesterday and I even published it because I was so, so interested and interesting and I was actually been reflecting to that year. There was not much of a process for me there. So I know I updated my LinkedIn and my CV just as I was graduate, graduating the academy, graduating, and soon after. So I think in that week, I didn't even want to check and see if anything is happening uh, with that. I, I I wasn't even focused at all on that. And then just as I came and I focused on that, it, it, it just happened immediately. I got approached by a recruitment, another recruitment agency. So nothing happened through Novare that was also working as a recruitment agency for us. But then I got approached um, uh, by this other recruiter. Uh, and then we had a very nice process for the job that he offered to me. And then that was my first job in tech. So there wasn't much of a story there. How was the interview? Like, yeah, exactly what I was going to ask. Like, how was the process? How many interviews? Did you have a tech assignment like uh, that you needed to do? Since I, I finished uh, the Software Development Academy, until now, I had two different jobs. And, um, and for both, there was at least two interviews and one technical interview. In my job before that, I worked for 10 years. I didn't have a proper interview even there because it was kind of natural that I just gravitated towards. I had some interview 10 years before I started and then everything else was just building on top of that. So I didn't have much experience with interviewing and I had obviously no idea how that was done. And then a team that stayed with me that she said, she was like, just ask for help. Like, ask um, ask people to help you, ask people to reach out to them. And, and I think that this is important for people to, to, to really know that... Um, it's a great advice, like, definitely. Yeah, regardless of how good you are and what you do, you can do rocket science, but if you don't know the, rock, the right people to talk about it, you can do nothing with it. And so before I went to, to now fast forward to this interview, I was super scared. I was never been asked to do a technical assignment for an interview. Like I, I knew that I, I get stressed even for tests in school. And now I had to do a technical assignment with a, with some technical guru there that will like look at it and will judge me and say like, no, and this and that. And then I, I called my husband. He was at work and asked him, can you find someone there? Um, and I knew that this position 
position was for a backend. Uh, back, it was a junior backend position and it was in a fintech and it was in a startup. And I was like, this is perfect. Can you just find a person that works in backend there that would like to spend like 30, 40 minutes with me to go through these things? And luckily within five minutes, we found someone who is very willing to do that. And so I booked a meeting with this person a week before my interview to just go with him through because he also interviews people for just for a different company and for me to just go through the experience and ha- see how this looks and i think that was what massively helped with the interviews that i had afterwards because then i knew i knew exactly where the focus is i knew what kind of questions may be asked and what i also appreciated a lot all of them every time that i went to one of these mock interviews and i did one with hr and i did one with a backend person was that they would always go through so this person is not here to prove that you don't know this person is here to find the right person for them so please keep that in mind when you're doing these interviews like don't don't feel like you are going there to be rejected but really feel this person like they're also in some kind of need that they're looking for the right person for them. That's amazing. That's much better than uh, when we go into an interview. It's our first try in this R- in the tech area and we are so nervous. And then uh, we always imagine that the person that you, you interview us is trying to to prove that we are not good enough when it's the opposite they just want to to find the person that's good enough to fit that position how long did you stay in that first job and then you moved on to a second one that was also a junior position when i finished my contract with my first uh, with my first employer here i immediately switched to the to the other uh, to another employer it was a consultancy company uh, they actually approached me just as i started uh, with this first company but i told them that um, that i wouldn't want to start immediately with them because i wanted to give this contract that i already had a little time to see what happens and why they approached me was because before i started working for this um, for this startup I was in a pink programming, so that's uh, that's women programming event. I was advised by Anna that I should attend as many uh, networking events as possible. Then in one of these events, it, it was in this consultancy company. And the minute I stepped there, I was like, oh, I want to work here. I talked to a few people there. I met some of the ladies. I was super impressed with the speakers. And I really, really like this feeling I want to work here was just growing and growing and growing. I sent them an email. Uh, to one of those ladies and I said hello I am Alexandra we met at this event Uh, I'm so happy I met you I'm very inspired by you and this and that so I first shared what was on my heart I really shared what was on my heart and how I felt around them and then I said and so I am finishing studies at KTH now Um, I will be available starting I don't know 15th of May uh, and uh, I can do this and this, but I've done this and this. And so I just put everything there, everything that I had on my heart. I just put in that email and sent it to this lady and just did that. Ivy, this is such a nice uh, advice. So you were in an event, kind of a networking event. You You met one of the speakers. You liked her. You got her email and then you sent telling your story and saying, you know what? I'm here available to work. I think this is amazing. It's bold. It's bold. It's really nice. It's fearless. It is, it is, 
and I considered it the craziest thing that I have ever done. It's so nice to hear. And uh, because, you know, we, we did this first uh, episode with Jane and uh, she, she shared the story and it was exactly like this. They, uh, she applied to a senior position and they didn't even have uh, the position back then. And they opened the position for her. Uh, so I think what, uh, what these two episodes have in common is that actually uh, you guys are very, very much fearless. Uh, and I think it's, uh, it's amazing that uh, you, you went out there. And I think it's so, so good that they opened up. And uh, it's so inspiring to hear that uh, sometimes you, you feel that you, you don't fit in the market because you are too junior or you don't know Swedish. But even though uh, the market is opening, right? I think it's a, it's, there's a long road ahead, but things are changing. There's hope. Oh, absolutely. She wanted, she did it. <laughs> yeah, group power, group power. Yeah, that's true. When you see it now, it looks like that. It didn't look like that back then. It wasn't like intentional. You just ask things and then ju things just kept appearing and things just kept happening. But I think that it, it was also, it had to do with this excitement and with this openness. I was really excited to be there. I really wanted to, to do that program and I was really focused. And then I also, I kept my word for everything that I said. I did it. Um, I think that that was also very important. And then you worked uh, with tech for how long did you work with tech before you found, you found, uh, Moonwise? So it was, as I said, the, the, the first contract was like uh, five, six months. Um, then I worked in backend. And then the second, the second assignment in this consultancy company was a project for a year. Uh, and I actually was waiting to finish the project before I started working on my own project. Uh, because what I, I've learned a lot and I really, really appreciated the, the opportunity and the experience. Uh, for that year that I received. Uh, but also I learned in that, in that time that, uh, that, uh, consultancy in that form was not something for me. Uh, it wasn't something that fit for my personality or for my preferences. So I would say in total, it was around year and a half, including the projects that I did before that and some projects that I'm working on now. Like I, I never completely stopped working in tech. I still do our own website and I still do some few things here and there. Uh, and please, but, of course, talk about Moonwise. What's Moonwise about? I think it's a, it's your baby, right? <laughs> yes, it's a it's a very small and a very 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 tiny and very beautiful baby that is just developing. Moonwise came as a result of this mindful office uh, project uh, that that was like really alive in me, and in, it lived there for months. It lived there first in the first week while, while I was writing it. But then for months it lived there and it just developed and everything that I read about, everything that I discussed was, was learning more about this. And then once I started and I opened up to see what is out there, the possibilities are just countless and so beautiful. Uh, and then I said, okay, maybe this is something that we need to take more seriously. And then last year, we already had the idea that we wanted this to happen in a way or somehow. And then at the first news of the pandemic, my uh, client at that time, the next day, they just um, canceled the contracts with all consultants. And then I saw this reaction of fear. And then I said, in this time, I know how much is needed that people 
can connect with a little empathy and with a little mindfulness. But especially in the time of pandemic where people by default act out of fear. Uh, maybe I said this is not just the right, but there is no more right time than this to actually do it. So you were always doing this, right? Uh, somehow indirect. Hmm? Yes. And uh, I didn't see it maybe that much as an opportunity at the moment. I was still focused on the need that people might benefit from actually having a coach that would guide them through how to navigate these hard times. Because what you, what you train in mindfulness, what you train in meditation, what you train in yoga or in any kind of daily practice, uh, to be honest, the underline of everything that you learn there is not the techniques and the crystals wearing and, uh, and all of that. It's actually learning how to navigate when times are hard, helping people in this time um, go through it in at least a little bit more decent uh, way. Uh, that was a really good addition, I I have to say, because I help it a lot. I think it's amazing that you shared the Moonwise story because it's, uh, it's a, such a nice idea and a project as well, uh, especially in this pandemic times and this difficult times that we're living. Uh, so congratulations for your project. I think it's uh, amazing. I am like a, very proud that this is working for you and you're kind of a, merging your passion with your profession, which is a, uh, a privilege and a, and a very, very good one to have. Thank you so much for saying that. And thank you for inviting me, for having me here with you. Uh, as I said before, both uh, as myself, as Ivy, and also as Moonwise, I am open to anything that we could do together and anything that we could um, share or 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 discuss or think about or do uh, to make this process smoother and um, not just the the process itself smoother but also the understanding of the process as we said uh, before to 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 just have this known knowing that at the end everything will be okay it always is uh, it's just hard sometimes to see that and to believe that because it can get hard at times it can the three of us passed through this, like in different aspects, right? With uh, different perspectives. But, uh, but we are here to, to, to say that uh, it doesn't need to be that hard, right? There is like a easier ways to do it. And we are here to share how it was for, uh, for us, how it worked for us, uh, and inspire others to actually make this journey a little bit smoother. Yes. And I believe, uh, I believe that the, the, the Bela initiative to just provide this, this safety net, this, this first network, then discussion and all, all that you pro, that, that, that you have and you do for these women that are going our path now. Uh, I think that that by itself will make it smoother, right? Uh, but if there is anything that uh, we can help with, absolutely, it will be, I mean, it's an, it's an honor. It's an honor to, to do something that is this noble and this honest and this pure. Um, it's just, thank you for doing it. Thank you very much. We, we are very happy to hear it. Thank you. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Uh, I think it's amazing. 
thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for taking the time to speak with us and inspiring other women as well. I'm sure everyone is going to be touched with your story. That is uh, a very, very inspiring one. And have a great, great day. Hope you guys had enjoyed this episode and see you in the next one. Thank you for being here with us. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> see you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.